Hello and welcome back to Tub in the Bedroom. I'm your host Linnea, aka Lenny. Thanks for coming to have a soak with me. And if it's your first time, welcome to the tub. Okay y'all, we have made it to week five, meaning we are halfway through this season. How are you doing? Are you doing all right? Have you taken a water break, gotten a snack, looked out the window for a bit, and took a deep breath? If not, you should, because taking time and space to absorb everything fully is just as important as doing each thing. The good thing is you can come back and watch or listen to this as many times as you need to. So far, we have hit social, professional, and environmental self-investment. This week, we are focusing on that money, the moolah, that bag. We are talking financial self-investment. I find that when I speak to my friends of all ages, that money is, unfortunately, a big issue. Which makes sense. We do live in a capitalist society, after all. And for millennials, we have been through the economy imploding on itself, I don't know how many times now. The other big issue is we don't have a history of teaching people about money. Just like sex in America, we make money this dirty thing. If you like, love, and or enjoy money, you must be evil in some way. Finances should be taught in schools from a young age. Heck, it should at the very least, very least, be taught in colleges where they low-key are teaching you how to be in debt for the rest of your life while going for a degree you may or may not use, depending on what it is. But I have so many thoughts on college and the whole entire school system at that, but I will save that for another episode. Now, I can go in deep on financial self-investment and the things you should learn and do. And if you want to hear more about that, make sure to hit me up on social media or if you're watching this on Spotify or on YouTube, make sure that you comment down below and just get in touch and let me know, hey, I want to hear more from you on this. And I will do that right now for time's sake. I'm going to give you five simple, quick tips to turn your financial brain your financial mindset from burdensome to bountiful. These tips will be something that anyone, and I mean anyone, no matter where they are financially, can start doing today. My first tip is get educated. You don't know what you don't know, but you can learn. There are a plethora of free resources available to you to increase your financial literacy. In the world we live in, That is one thing that I always say. Although it is okay to not know something or to be unaware of something, once you are aware, there are no excuses for not working to be better at whatever it is that you need to handle. Now me, I don't like to spend money unnecessarily, so I am all about those free resources. There are books, podcasts, YouTube videos, Those are just a few places that you can start looking. Although it can be helpful, you do not have to pay for a coaching program to help you get started. I recommend jumping in, learning the basics, and then following my next tip, which tip number two is take a real hard look at your financial situation. We do a lot of really hard looks here. 
but transparency and honesty is key to success in everything. You can't fix something if you don't know the issue. And personally, I am opposed to just addressing the symptoms rather than addressing the root cause. So take a look at your finances. You need to see what is going out every month versus what's coming in. What do you have in savings? What do you have in emergency funds? And what do you have in investments? Figure out what your net worth is. Jeff Bezos and other wealthy people are not the only ones that should know their net worth. Whether you are worth $5 or $5 million, you should be aware of where you are financially. You can calculate your net worth by adding up all of your assets and then adding up all of your liabilities, also known as debts, and then subtracting them from each other. So net worth equals assets minus liabilities. Another pro tip is when you are first looking at your finances, I suggest starting with the past 90 days and then going back from there. This part is one of the toughest parts to do because it can be really difficult to get honest with yourself about your spending habits. And that brings me to my third tip. Cancel, cancel, cancel. This is what cancel culture should be about. While you are looking at that 90 days plus of your finances, figure out everything that you are not actively using. Pick a day and start making calls or canceling subscriptions online. Those subscriptions that each may only be $15 to $20, but you aren't using any of them, guess what? Five different subscriptions at 20 bucks a month, that's 100 bucks a month. And at the end of the year, that's $1,200. That is the beginning of a very nice emergency fund, if you ask me. So cancel the things you don't use. If you don't go to the gym, cancel the membership. I get it. You want it there for when you do go. Well, guess what? You can always sign up again and sometimes get a better deal. And although I believe in the aspirational, I am also a realist. And if you are not up for going right now, that is fine. That is nothing to beat yourself up about. You have to listen to where you are. But my guess is that gyms make a lot more money on those of us that pay but don't go than those of us that pay and go. A good motivator to cancel stuff is to think about how many hours you have to work in order to pay that bill or those collective bills that you added up. So cancel, and in addition to canceling, Look at what things that you can make cheaper for yourself. Maybe seeing if you can get a better deal on your car insurance or maybe they're going to have a special on your internet bill or they have a certain savings plan for your light bill. Even maybe a payment or something, a student loan or credit card. It never hurts to ask so that way you can have a little bit more leeway in how you use your money. Okay, so you did the first three steps. The next thing that you need to do is set a goal. If you don't know where you are going, how do you expect to get there? Setting goals and reaching them can be difficult. But now that you know where you are, you need to know where you are going. So let's do this with savings. I'm of the belief that you should have a floating balance with your checking and two savings accounts. Now, the floating balance with the checking would be having maybe $500 or $1,000 that replace your zero. So you always have a cushion in your checking account and it takes away the worry of ever feeling like you might overdraft. The first savings account though would be for emergency purposes only. 
These are things like your car breaks down or you need new tires. It's for emergency purposes. And that one should be at the same bank as your main checking account. The second savings account, this is for wealth building purposes and dire emergency purposes when your emergency fund won't cut it. This should be at a completely different bank so it is harder for you to access. Let's do this together. I want you to think of three numbers. The first is what you want your checking account to always have floating in it as a cushion. Maybe it is a running balance of $250, 500 or $1,000 in the next six months. The second is what amount you would like your emergency fund to get to within the next year. Think $500, 1000 or $5,000 um, or more, depending on your, what your earning potential is as of right now. And the third number is what you want your wealth savings to get to within the next three years. That could be 10,000, 25,000, 20, 50,000, whatever you are thinking of. All of your numbers should be based on where you are financially and what your current earning power is. So based on your numbers, we are actually going to go into the fifth, final, and as always, most important tip. And we will break it down in there, which that tip is make a budget and stick to it. Now you know where your finances are at. You canceled all unnecessary subscriptions and spending and you've set a goal. Now you need to create yourself a budget. First and foremost, create a budget that is realistic because nothing comes from you beating yourself up. If you create something that you can't stick to, your budget should include everything. And I mean everything. Your housing and life necessities, such as groceries, gas, utilities, etc. Your monthly savings goals, your fun money, and finally, a small miscellaneous section. I recommend about $20 to $40, depending on where you live, that I like to have for that random decoration that you bought at Target. Did you need it? Probably not. But you know what? Maybe they got you on a no bones day and it was the first thing you saw and every time you see it, it makes you smile. We have to have some joy, right? Now it's time to break everything down. I like to do a monthly budget and then break it down by paycheck or weekly so I know what needs to go where, when. Then I like to set up automatic transfers with the bank for my savings account because otherwise I might keep it in my checking account just a little too long and might spend a little bit more than I plan to. When it comes to reaching the goals from tip number four, the way I like to do it is first I split the money that I have available to go to savings between the three. So let's say I want my checking account to always have a running balance of $500 and I want to make it there in the next six months. And then I want my emergency fund to have $1,000 and I'm trying to make it there in the next year. And I want to grow my wealth savings to $10,000 in the next three years. Let's say now that I only have $500 a month to put away. Well, in order to have $500 in that six months time period, I need to add about $84 to that balance each month. If I want to reach $1,000 for my emergency fund in a year, I also need to put $84, about $84 a month away for the next 12 months. And finally, 
in order to reach $10,000 in my wealth savings account in three years, I would need to put away about $278 a month for the next 36 months. In order to accomplish my entire goal, I only need to be able to save $446 a month. Of course, this number could be smaller or larger depending on where you are, but the same thing applies. It is just as important if you're trying to save $100 in six months or $10,000. It's the practice, and once you reach the goal, you have a few options. Look at it like this. So let's say in that six months, I reached my $500 goal. Now, I have one of two options. I can either double it and say, okay, now I want to get that goal up to 1000 and continue to just be adding on that $84 for the next year. Or I can actually take that $84 from my six-month goal that I was consistently putting in, and instead of spending it on something because, oh, I reached my goal now, I'll start to put it towards that $1,000, which then would allow me to, instead of taking a whole year to reach my $1,000 goal, I'll reach it in nine months. And then I get the decision again that, okay, maybe I want to have a $2,000 emergency fund, so I'm going to keep putting in double until I reach $2,000. Or I can take the $168 and add it to the $278 that I am putting away for my $10,000 goal in three years. And now I made that goal in a year and a half. And throughout it all, I can keep making new goals, adjusting as my life changes and keep asking myself, do I want to double it? However, I want to do to make sure that I feel comfortable at every moment. As your life expenses and things increase, you might need to have a bigger emergency fund. For example, I have a dog, so I need to make sure that I have a good emergency fund just in case anything happens. But before that, it was just myself. So maybe I wouldn't have had as big of an emergency fund because I don't have another. Well, to me, she's pretty much a person, so I wouldn't have another person to care for. Whatever. I don't care what anybody says. Karma is a person. And throughout it all, you make new goals in order to keep building and growing. I will tell you this. I know a lot of people that are always stressing about money, but they're always buying and spending like they got it and living that wonderful life that we see on Instagram. Now, I may not have designer and I may not live in super fancy places yet, but money is one thing I don't have to worry about because even when trying to build wealth in other ways. And even when I get a little too lavish one month thinking I have it like that, I have it like Oprah or all the wealthy people, I can always reset myself and come back to the basics like I'm doing with you now. There's so much to know and learn in the financial space and to increase our financial literacy. And we are honestly not even scratching the surface. And I am here learning it all and loving it with you. But these five tips will get you started in building a financial foundation that you can build a bank on. Because you know what? Some may only want the bag, but honey, I want the whole damn bank. Thank you for coming to have a soak with me. I appreciate each and every one of you. Please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. 
find me on social media at tub in the bedroom on all social platforms and for those of you listening on the pod you can now watch some of my youtube videos on spotify if you listen on there but if you don't or if you want just come on over and check out the youtube video because of course that will be extended well after these 10 weeks are over now go out there get clear on your financials and don't just grab that bag but grab the whole damn bank and i will see you next week (laughs) 